Good morning, dear friends. Today is Saturday, the 24th of July, 2021. Our readings for this morning are Psalm 55, 2 Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 through 16, Acts 15, verses 22 through 35, and the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verses 1 through 13. Forgive me in advance for any lack of quality in the recording or any sounds you hear. Um, I broke my ankle last Thursday, so once I'm settled, I don't like to get back up. And I have forgotten to bring to my couch where I'm recording this both my headphones um, or my, you know, my hands free. And then also um, my book of common prayer. So I'm kind of going to be working off of my phone and some other books. You might hear some rustling and some other things, but I'm very glad to be um, back with you. I really, as you have probably noticed, if you're any kind of regular listener, have fallen out of the rhythm of recording this daily office, and I've really missed it. I there There is something very sacred in this time, at least for me, so I'm glad to be back with you. Hopefully, this is the restarting of that rule of life, and as far as all the ambient sounds, maybe it helps you to visualize us sitting here together in my living room with the window and front door wide open to the trees and green life outside and enjoying each other's company. So daily morning prayer right two begins on page 75 of the Book of Common Prayer. I am also going to use some readings from the Iona Abbey worship book, which I've used here before. So I hope it doesn't interrupt the flow too much, but I will tell you which page I'm on of which book. So we're going to use the opening from the Iona Abbey worship book for their morning service beginning on page 63. The world belongs to God, the earth and all its people. How good it is, how wonderful to live together in unity. Love and faith come together. Justice and peace join hands. If Christ's disciples keep silent, these stones would shout aloud. Open our lips, O God, and our mouths shall proclaim your praise. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your incarnate Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. 
Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. And then in place of the inventory, we are going to use the call to prayer from the Iona Abbey Worship Book. This is again on page 63 on the bottom. Move among us, God. Give us life. Let your people rejoice in you. Give us again the joy of your help. With your spirit of freedom, sustain us. God, make our hearts clean. Restore us in body, mind, and spirit. Psalm 55. Give ear to my prayer, O God. Do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and answer me. I am troubled in my complaint. I am distraught by the noise of the enemy because of the clamor of the wicked. For they bring trouble upon me and in anger they cherish enmity against me. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me and horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove I would fly away and be at rest. Truly, I would flee far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find a shelter for myself from the raging wind and tempest. Confuse, O God, confound their speech. For I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on its walls. And iniquity and trouble are within it. Ruin is in its midst oppression and fraud do not depart from its marketplace it is not enemies who taunt me i could bear that it is not adversaries who deal insolently with me i could hide from them but it is you my equal my companion my familiar friend with whom i kept pleasant company we walked in the house of god with the throng let death come upon them Let them go down alive to Sheol, for evil is in their homes and in their hearts. But I call upon God, and God will save me. Evening and morning and at noon I utter my complaint and moan, and God will hear my voice. God will redeem me unharmed from the battle that I wage, for many are arrayed against me. God, who is enthroned from of old, will hear and will humble them because they do not change and do not fear God. My companion laid hands on a friend and violated a covenant with me, with speech smoother than butter, but with a heart set on war, with words that were softer than oil, but in fact were drawn swords. Cast your burden on God, and God will sustain you. God will never permit the righteous to be moved, but you, O God, will cast them down into the lowest pit. The bloodthirsty and treacherous shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Second Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 through 16. After the death of Saul, when David had returned from defeating the Amalekites, 
David remained two days in Ziklag. On the third day, a man came from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and dirt on his head. When he came to David, he fell to the ground and did obeisance. David said to him, where have you come from? He said to him, I have escaped from the camp of Israel. David said to him, how did things go? Tell me. He answered, the army fled from the battle, but also many of the army fell and died. And Saul and his son Jonathan also died. Then David asked the young man who was reporting to him, how do you know that Saul and his son Jonathan died? The young man reporting to him said, I happened to be on Mount Gilboa, and there was Saul leaning on his spear, while the chariots and the horsemen drew close to him. When he looked behind him, he saw me and called to me. I answered, Here, sir. And he said to me, Who are you? I answered him, I am an Amalekite. He said to me, Come, stand over me and kill me, for convulsions have seized me, and yet my life still lingers. So I stood over him and killed him, for I knew that he could not live after he had fallen. I took the crown that was on his head and the armlet that was on his arm, and I have brought them here to my Lord. Then David took hold of his clothes and tore them, and all the men who were with him did the same. They mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and for his son Jonathan and for the army of the Lord and for the house of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. David said to the young man who had reported to him, Where do you come from? He answered, I am the son of a resident alien, an Amalekite. David said to him, Were you not afraid to lift your hand to destroy God's anointed? Then David called one of the young men and said, Come here and strike him down. So he struck him down and he died. David said to him, Your blood be on your head. For your own mouth has testified against you, saying, I have killed God's anointed. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle 21. We praise you, O God. We praise you, O God. We acclaim you as sovereign. All creation worships you, the creator everlasting. To you, all angels, all the powers of heaven, the cherubim and seraphim sing in endless praise. Holy, holy, holy God, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. The glorious company of apostles praise you. The noble fellowship of prophets praise you. The white-robed army of martyrs praise you. Throughout the world, the holy church acclaims you. Creator of majesty unbounded, your true and only begotten, worthy of all worship, and the Holy Spirit, advocate and guide. You, Christ, are the sovereign of glory, the eternal incarnate of the Creator. When you took our flesh to set us free, you humbly chose the virgin's womb. You overcame the sting of death and opened the dominion of heaven to all believers. You are seated at God's right hand in glory. We believe that you will come to be our judge. Come then, God, and help your people, bought with the price of your own blood, and bring us with your saints to glory everlasting. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Acts, chapter 15, verses 22 through 35. 
Then the apostles and the elders, with the consent of the whole church, decided to choose people from among their members and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas called Barsabbas and Silas, leaders among them, with the following letter, These siblings, both the apostles and the elders, to the believers of Gentile origin in Antioch and Syria and Sicilia, greetings. Since we have heard that certain persons have, who have gone out from us, though with no instructions from us, have said things to disturb you and have unsettled your minds, we have decided unanimously to choose representatives and send them to you, along with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, who have risked their lives for the sake of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to impose on you no further burden than these essentials, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what is strangled and from fornication. If you keep yourself from these, if you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Farewell. So they were sent off and went down to Antioch. When they gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. When its members read it, they rejoiced at the exhortation. Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. After they had been there for some time, they were sent off in peace by the believers to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, and there, with many others, they taught and proclaimed the word of God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle B. Before I ventured forth, even while I was very young, I sought wisdom openly in my prayer. In the forecourts of the temple I asked for her, and I will seek her to the end. From first blossom to early fruit, she has been the delight of my heart. My foot has kept firmly to the true path. Diligently from my youth have I pursued her. I inclined my ear a little and received her. I found for myself much wisdom and became adept in her. To the one who gives me wisdom will I give glory, for I have resolved to live according to her way. From the beginning I gained courage from her. Therefore, I will not be forsaken. In my inmost being I have been stirred to seek her. Therefore have I gained a good possession. As my reward, the Almighty has given me the gift of language, and with it will I offer praise to God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 13. Jesus left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, Where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And he could no and he could do no deed of power there, 
except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you. Jesus Christ. We are going to use the Lord's Prayer response of faith and daily prayers in place of the suffrages and um, response or affirmation of faith in the Book of Common Prayer, we're going to use the ones from Iona Abbey Worship Book. So we are on page 65 of the Iona Abbey Worship Book. So now, as Jesus taught us, we say, Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us in the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And the response of faith. With the whole church, we affirm that we are made in God's image, befriended by Christ, empowered by the Spirit, With people everywhere, we affirm God's goodness at the heart of humanity, planted more deeply than all that is wrong. With all creation, we celebrate the miracle and wonder of life, the unfolding purposes of God, forever at work in ourselves and the world. and the daily prayers for Saturday. Ever-present God, set your blessing on us as we begin this day together. Confirm in us the truth by which we rightly live. Confront us with the truth from which we wrongly turn. We ask not for what we want, but for what you know we need, as we offer this day and ourselves for you and to you. Amen. And back to the Book of Common Prayer on page 99, A Collect for Peace. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom, defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. 
and let us use as our prayer for mission the prayer attributed to St. Francis. We have been doing this a lot lately. But it's just, it seems like it's, it's almost always just right to use this one. So that's on page 833 of the Book of Common Prayer. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. now I'm going to talk a little bit about the readings and then we will have some time for personal prayer and intercessions. So my few scattered thoughts about our readings today and maybe as we talk about them together the Holy Spirit will coalesce them into something that makes some kind of sense. So while we were reading um, Psalm 55, actually throughout all of the readings today, what often happens with me happened again that there are certain phrases, portions of verses that just really lift themselves off the page for me. And so I did a little bit of, you know, pause the recording and did a little bit of journaling and, and praying on those. And I, I have what were a few insights for myself and maybe are, are helpful to you as well. So verse six of Psalm 55, particularly the piece, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I do believe that that our souls have wings, have this ability to lift ourselves above the chaos of what I think of as the small pressures that together become big pressure. You know, the the must-dos and the should-dos and, and the stress and the worry and the anxiety and all those things. When we entrust ourselves to our souls we are lifted above those into like this, um, we are more fully within ourselves and not so much caught in, in that daily turn. I think of it kind of like, you know, I'm a very visual person, like we're mired in the mud, like we're slogging through it and then we're just lifted up and we kind of, float above it. Um, I know that sounds a little silly, but resting in this piece of being with ourselves, I think we really get our priorities right and we're able to realign ourselves with the rhythm of life and allow to let go those things that are stumbling blocks to living within, to living in rhythm with ourselves, with our souls, with creation. Then um, in verse 11, I think it's 11, yeah. Um, Oppression and fraud do not depart from its marketplace. Not only is this kind of foreshadowing 
for one of uh, my favorite um, parts of the Gospels where Jesus overturns the tables in the temple um, and calls out the money changers for their fraud and oppression. Also, I, I think this speaks to the oppression of of possession of of money and possessions and even to an extent um, trading and commerce these are these are all things that can be used as good tools, but when we use them instead as measuring six as evaluation of ourselves or of others it it really gets twisted we we sell ourselves pun intended way too short um you've heard me talk before and i i think it's very true about idolizing wealth um money as security and in our prayers, in the Book of Common Prayer and in Scripture, we remind ourselves that God is the only true security. That only in God can we rest. And when we try to make the foundation of our security anything other than God, when we turn to money or other people or organizations as the source of our, the foundation of our security. Um, We idolize them and it's more pressure than they can bear. So they will crack. So we have this, this conundrum where we must both be good stewards of that, which is given us. And, you know, if, if you're sitting here listening to this podcast, then you you have a lot more than a lot of people in the world in terms of financial security and possessions. So holding this tension of being good stewards of what we have and also remembering that wealth is just a tool. And as with all gifts, it's what we do with it. You know, we talked in our um, our canticle about the gift of language and what we do with it. And I think it's that way with all, I don't really want to use the word blessings here, um, Maybe gifts is a better one. It's it's that way with all gifts, whether it's giftedness in ourselves or the temporal gifts of of wealth and status and enfranchisement, right? It's what we do with it that matters. And when we make so it's a means, but when we make the means the ends like what we are striving toward as opposed to a way that we enable our higher purpose, our our goal, it becomes a problem, becomes unbalanced. I hope that makes some kind of sense. And I'm sorry for taking so long trying to explain it. There's probably a much more succinct way to put that. But And then um, our reading from Samuel. And I know I'm just jumping around, but like I said, maybe something 
will coalesce there with the help of the Holy Spirit. So this, this reading, um, just for a tiny bit of background, contradicts other pieces of scripture. The Amalekite here, um, historians and scholars reach, uh, I think, overall agreement on is probably, he's likely lying. He probably wasn't there in the throes of battle. What probably happened is that he somehow came across Saul's corpse after the battle stripped him of his crown and other symbols of royalty and brought them to David, hoping to get a reward. That's probably the backstory there. But I want to lay that aside and talk about something that that stood out to me today. It's the latter part of verse 9, what Saul supposedly said. So again, like leaving aside the fact that this probably didn't actually happen, right? We can still learn from things that are stories without um, historical factual basis, right? And yet my life still lingers. I think about the pain that we witness um, often when our beloveds are close to death and it seems like their bodies are just hanging on. Um, I've had a very beloved close one say to me recently, why is it taking so long to die? And it, it feels excruciating, you know, the pain and discomfort of it. We can feel this pain and discomfort at many times in our lives And we just want it to be over. You know, those times of crisis and persecution and and crying out in those times comes throughout our holy scriptures and much of the art of our experience, you know, paintings and poems and songs. And I think that this is part of the way that we the creating, the crying out, the using it in our art is part of the way that we embrace God as we cross these thresholds. I think that these are sacred moments, these threshold moments, and the ultimate thresholds are the thresholds of life and death, right? When we, in these threshold moments, entrust ourselves to God and her gentle and kind to ourselves, not rushing ourselves across the threshold, but really allowing ourselves to, to bear the unbearable pain with the help of God. Because with God, we can do the things that we can't do on our own, right? We can do all things through God. These thresholds beho- become times of transformation. If not, if we don't, lean into the sacredness of the threshold, then we are like those in verse 19b of Psalm 55 who do not change. We are constantly evolving. And when we resist that evolution, I think that we resist 
the power and the blessing of God, and we do. Like the folks in Jesus' hometown did in our gospel reading, they take offense at Jesus. Note here, though, that it doesn't say that Jesus took offense at them, but... And then they, we, get in our own way with our unbelief, with our resistance to change and evolution and growing knowledge and blessing. We stop ourselves from receiving healing and wisdom. But if we, like the disciples, believe and follow and bear with God's help the pain then we receive. We receive healing and blessing and authority. That's our wish for us. That's my wish for us. That's my prayer for us. God, may we take no offense. May we not idolize. May we receive. And lest we get, and lest we get too um, concerned about being open to receiving, because there is, there's a danger in what you receive if you just fling yourself wide open to receive anything, right? With the help of the Holy Spirit, we have a filter or an on-off valve, however it helps you to visualize it, that helps us to receive what is good and life-giving and let the rest run off. Sometimes we try to organize this into place, right? And we impose on ourselves and maybe on others additional requirements in trying to make the formula, right? So either like we take something that has worked for us and we try to impose it on other people. Um, We see this all the time with stuff like dieting and exercise and even like mental health. You know, here's your six steps to being cured and, you know, all of of the things. And um, it's so great to want to share what has worked for us. But it's not a formula and it doesn't work the same way for everyone. And so allowing that space for it to be different, for people to find their own way. Again, it's this both and it's both sharing and also allowing space for difference. So I love um, the way they put it in Acts chapter 15, verse 28, um, another one of our readings today. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to impose on you no further burden than these essentials. Because it seemed as though um, there was a lot of consternation and confusion about what rules new believers, particularly new non-Jewish believers, had to follow. And I think that this is a good reminder for us in the way that we treat ourselves and the way that we treat other people, that we don't, we don't want to give additional burden. We want to give additional freedom, right? And 
And so it's so good that we have this example to follow where we bring it before the Holy Spirit and we filter out what's unnecessary, what's just additional burden. And we get back to the essentials. What brings us to love? What allows us to receive the love and healing of Christ? And let the rest fall away. That's a lot harder to put into practice than it is perhaps to talk about or to think about. Um, A few years ago, you guys heard me talk about how I was away with my son um, for six months and our world was much smaller in our temporary home than it was in our permanent home. We didn't have all of the requirements and demands. And so we made a vow to each other um, and with God, you know, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to take some of that back when we returned home. And I don't know about you guys, but I, for one, have gotten out of, out of whack, out of rhythm. My rule of life has, I don't even know how to say it, um, fallen to the wayside. I've kind of been in this survival mode for a bit, and I think it's time to spend some time with myself and with the Holy Spirit and see what seems good to us, what essentials to carry in this time, to follow in this time. And perhaps that's something that we can, we can all spend a little time doing today. Amen. So now let's lift up, circling in love and holding in the light, those whom the Spirit has placed upon our hearts for prayer. Praying together the prayer of St. Chrysostom found on page 102 of the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved incarnate that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of us. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore.
Amen.